Alrighty, welcome back in to the Wildcats Press Pass. As always, Cameron Beal and Bracket Lions alongside. And Bracket, you know, I really feel bad for you. You had the, these few weeks in a row where you had the headlining story. You had men's soccer making a run in the tournament. They make it to the Sweet 16. And that was going to be the story today up until 7.22 this morning. <laughs> yeah, I was all ready to go and I woke up realizing... My moment in the sun was gone. I was back out in the cold. Yeah, um, 7.23 a.m., ironically the exact time I woke up. Um, Marty Scarano sends out an email about, I think, just just about a week after he announces his retirement at the end of the year, announcing Sean McDonald, the head football coach here at UNH, he is retiring effective immediately. Um, so there goes Brackett and all his page views. <laughs> and, um, uh, yeah. The McDonald story on our website is just going up and up as we speak right now. And we're, again, we're recording this at 11.43 Wednesday afternoon. Coach McDonald's closing press conference is at 3 p.m. I'll be there recording the whole thing. We'll post the whole thing on tnhdigital.com. So if we get anything wrong here, that's why I go look for the recording on the website. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, but, I mean, I we were joking, you know, how we were blindsided by this, but – Feels like everyone was blindsided by this. Where did this come from? Yeah, Cam? so so I, I, I had been thinking about this before the last couple of weeks. You know, is this going to be it? One of probably, probably the most disappointing season in his tenure at UNH from '04 to 2017. They made the playoffs every year. I didn't realize this until the press release came out this morning. They were in the FCS top 25 for 162 weeks for 12 straight years or something like that. Wow, uh, it was '04 to '15. Um, and so this year, you know, starting out three and out, he gets his, <laughs> he gets his 100th conference victory in week two against Towson. I mean, good, good thing he got it. Yeah, thank God he got that one because that's the last one he was going to get. You got to think this is the most disappointing year in his career, f- losing the last eight games, finishing three and eight. Um, but th- I think the day before that final game against Maine, Jamie Staten with WMUR interviewed Coach Mack and pretty much asked him, you know, is this it? Have you begun to thought about it? And Mack pretty much said no. Um, you know, I talked to someone on the team and it sounds like during a team meeting a week or two back, he hadn't really begun to think about, um, retiring. That's at least the vibe I got from talking with them. And then this morning I talked to the same player and he said they didn't find out till this morning. Um, and so I thought that was interesting. I thought maybe you would have given him a little more of a heads up. So I'm curious at what time exactly he told him, because like I said, the email came out at 723. So was it a 7 a.m. meeting? um brian kelly yeah i was gonna say um, it sounds like he pulled a brian kelly um so again i don't know about that but that same player also did tell me which is what i expected um in the press release they said they'll announce the new head coach in the coming days i expected it to be quarterbacks coach ricky santos um you know he's all over the record books here he was a former quarterback here and he was the interim head coach in 2019 when uh coach mack missed the season due to bladder cancers and when i talked to santos in an interview last year I asked him, you know, is there any chance you're going to leave, maybe explore head coaching jobs elsewhere after getting that taste? And I don't have the exact quote in front of me, but pretty much he was like, yeah, you know, we've talked. And when Mac is out of here, I feel confident about my chances of being the head coach. Um, and so, like I said, I talked to the one player this morning, and I said, is, is Santos the guy? And he said, yeah. <laughs> um, it's an open secret that's not really a secret. Yeah, so I would expect Ricky Santos – uh, quarterbacks coach to be announced as the 20th head coach in UNH football history in the coming days, probably by the end of the week or early next week. 
I would expect the Ricky Santos announcement to be coming. And yeah, again, there's not much to add on this front right now before we get his retiring uh, his retirement press conference in a few hours. And again, uh, by the time this is out, it'll be posted on our website. So go look for that. Um, yeah, not much else really to pick at here. Marty Scarano, he'll be out at the end of the year. Yeah, bit of a changing in the guard. Uh, yeah, McDonald out now. So I'm just interested to see the direction of UNH athletics moving forward. And I'm trying to think. There aren't really. I feel like there aren't really that many head coaches that have been here for a while. There was. Um, uh, Coach B with the track team who had been here forever, who left this past off season, I believe. McDonald, Scarano. I'm trying to think. Women's women's basketball just had a change. Yeah, Kelsey's only in her second year. Yeah, so. Bill Harrion with men's basketball. He's he's around 20 years or so. He's probably the oldest guy, and he's looks like he's in his best season in his tenure here. Yeah. Right now, so I'm curious to see if you know there's going to be any other changes in the next few years. I think Harrion's probably the longest tenured at this point. Um. But yeah, that's really all for now. Like I said, the video of the full press conference will be out. Um, assuming Ricky Santos is the guy, I'll be drafting up a, you know, meet Ricky Santos sort of article. Um, so yeah, a lot of more content to come out of the football team. And in my in my last run at it, I thought I was done. Yeah, just <laughs> um, when you're out, they suck you back in. Yeah, no, I'm a senior graduating. Obviously, I thought that. That game against Maine was my last run on it with this football team, but they just keep keep me coming back. So we got a lot more stories to come with the football team, and now we'll finally hand it over to Brackett. Um, you know, this was his moment in the sun, and Coach Mack kind of took it from him this morning. But um, so the men's soccer team, obviously, they beat UNC four to one, head to the Sweet Sixteen in the NCAA tournament, and they draw a number one Oregon State bracket. And you and I watched that game together. Me, you, and Andrew all watched the game. One. Not happy we weren't on uh, Robert Kraft's plane. We know they yeah, have three more seats there. <laughs> it's a big plane, yeah. and it's a soccer team. It's used to carrying a football team. They could have found room. Yeah, you know? soccer team is, I think, 32, 33 guys on that roster. Football team, they've got, you know, 53 of the whole coaching staff, training staff, broadcasting. They, they, pl- plenty, yeah. of, plenty of seats left on that flight. Plenty. Plenty. Um, so I, I don't know if we need a word with uh, Jim Roble. Mark Hubbard or Robert Kraft, all of the above, but we would like a meeting. Yeah, I'd say we definitely we need to talk to to Rob yep. about it, Bobby. Yeah, I'll, um, I'll text him. Yeah, we'll, we'll get him on the horn. We'll he'll, he'll be featured on next week's episode. <laughs> um, I thought we were all patriots. Yeah, that's what he's told me. <laughs> I thought so too. Over the years. Um, so me, you, and Andrew all watched that game together, and you did just talk with Toll Show on me, America East striker of the year. Whoa. You told me Tola's thoughts on Oregon State right before we started recording. <laughs> what were your thoughts on Oregon State, the the number one seed in the country? Similar to Tola's was that's the number one team in the country. I mean, they beat us, but it was one nothing. And honestly, UNH had chances, more chances, I'd say, than Oregon State. Um, and it's it feels like a mixture to me of maybe Oregon State was seated a bit high at number one. Um, and also definitely UNH was seeded low at 16. I mean, that was a battle of two top-tier teams, and you get it in the Sweet 16. It, I don't know. It leaves a bad taste in your mouth for sure. Yeah, like we've said a few times before, it was week nine, I think, when Oregon State, they beat Washington or Marshall? They beat Washington. They beat Washington, who is currently number one. Yeah. And so that bumped Oregon State up to number three, then they went to two and eventually won. Yeah. And so they kind of came out of nowhere. They were around 8, 9, or 10, I think, at that point. Um, so not to say that they weren't a good team. Obviously, they were top 10. But 8, 9, or 10 at that point, 
was below UNH, we should point out. I think around then UNH was six. Yep. UNH kind of bounced between four and seven most of the year. And so UNH was, uh, in terms of the United Soccer Coaches poll, UNH was the better team for most of this year. Yeah. And to drop them to 16 after the one loss, granted Vermont, you know, they went on to lose in the first round. Um, Not really a nationally – not not a not a top twenty five team realistically, yeah, but still a, a rival and a team that always plays UNH well. And I think it's so harsh to say you lose one game this season. They lost one game and they dropped them ten spaces. Yeah, it's a little unbelievable. And Oregon State they they looked beatable is the best way to put it. They looked beatable. They were really fast, had nice passing, but you said it. Uh, UNH had plenty plenty more opportunities in that game. Yeah, they had you know it was a. Uh, 3-3 for shots on goal, but UNH um, did outshoot Oregon State for shots. Um, Linus Fallberg had the clearest chance to equalize in the 18th. Um, a cross comes in, kind of just goes untouched, falls to him, um, and he side-footed that right into the crossbar from maybe six yards out. Um, that po- one Point blank. The same thing we were saying about UNC the week before. They had two or three opportunities right right in that box in front of the net and just somehow got got yeah, under it managed to get under it um that one is just the one you're thinking about i'm sure he's thinking about it i'm sure the team is um you know football's a game of inches so soccer i guess uh but unh looked good even before they conceded in what was it 10th minute ninth or 10th something. Yeah, yeah um they looked the better team to open the game they were heavy with possession kind of moving in finding you know, finding ways through that Oregon State defense, and they get hit by a blistering counterattack. I mean, that did catch me off guard was just how fast Oregon State were. Um, we made a comment, one of us early on watching, that how much bigger UNH was. It was mm-hmm. sort of surprising. They were able to be physical. Um, but Oregon State was certainly faster. Um, I think it was – I forget if it was the who scored or had the assist. It was one of the two. I think he was 5'6". And I, th- I think the broadcaster was even make fun of yeah, him a little bit. Yeah, that was a bit. generous 5'6", yeah. yeah. is what they said. Yeah. Um, but didn't matter when he had speed like that. Whew. Um, yeah. But, you know, credit to them. That was a good goal, a perfect counterattack. Um, sometimes the simplest things are what works. Um, but, yeah, I just – that game just made me think, like, really? Why was this a Sweet 16 matchup, you know? Um UNH had so many opportunities, played them so well, kept it one nothing. Um, for real chances, they had Oregon State had probably one more, um, and that was just save of the game. You got to say from Jocelyn Cole a lot. Yeah, he ran back across his face of goal, the face of goal, lays out, stops him from going in the corner, and then immediately after that. Uh, Oregon State gets a rebound and shoots, but uh, Bridger Hansen had a goal line clearance. Yeah, it felt like throughout the game there were four or five chances that were pretty similar. I think Oregon State had two, UNH had two or three, where it was just kind of scrambling in front of the net. A few shots were ripped off right in a row, and for the chances for Oregon State, Bridger Hansen was right there both times to help clear the ball out of there. Yeah, he had a good game, um, able to keep it tight, and I think he – might have had a shot i don't think on goal but right after Fallberg's miss didn't he try the bike the bicycle kick again and he got called for he tried another bicycle but i think he was trying to pass this one okay um and he did pull it off i think it found a teammate but the ref had whistled and i think at the time i called that a soft call um you know this is a high level game he successfully does it makes contact with the ball um but i guess an oregon state player was just a bit too close to him um yeah what they call it uh it's called dangerous play. Dangerous play, yeah. yeah. Which, you know, 
if he had kicked the guy, it would have been dangerous, but he didn't kick. Yeah, no he contact kicked, was he made. Kicked, he kicked the ball. <laughs> it's hard. It's hard for me to think that's a foul. And a guy like we said, you just talked to America East striker of the year Tolisho on me. Um, he seemed to be a little surprised at Oregon State's number one seeding. And well, what, what did he have to say about the game or anything of of the sort regarding him in that game? Yeah. So uh, he actually told me that he suffered an ankle injury. The practice before that game, um, I guess a challenge came in from behind, twisted his ankle. Um, I believe what he said was he wasn't able to run properly during that game at all. Um, and that's certainly a blow, and it makes sense. He didn't get the start, um, which I think was the same against UNC. And with the way Coach Hubbard does his substitutions with attackers, it's the same amount of minutes usually, um, whether you come on as a sub or start. Um, but certainly you know, didn't look – himself against Oregon State um, and now we know why he was dealing with that injury um, which is just brutal to suffer that right before such a huge uh, game um, so he did he, he certainly seemed to agree with me um, that I believe he put top team in the country in air quotes when talking about Oregon State um, so yeah he certainly seemed to be on the same page uh, wouldn't surprise me if there's some bitterness uh, in the UNH locker room about their ranking at 16. Um, and then also with him, I did ask, he's a senior this year, but does have another year of eligibility. Um, and I asked him if he knew he was coming back. Um, he said he wasn't sure. Um, he has ambitions to be a pro player. Um, so I think he's in kind of a wait and see mode for a little bit. And, you know, we got to understand this is very fresh. Um, their end of year meeting for the team is today it hasn't even happened yet um but it's a maybe for Tolishawami at that point this point um and I haven't asked the other you know seniors and upperclassmen on the team um but certainly we could be looking at a lot of turnover in this team yeah so you and I have been talking about this uh, we've talked about it a few times over the last week or so so Tola might be gone who we weren't really accounting for because he's only a senior uh, Linus Fallberg is a grad student. Paul Mayer, Victor Minutier. Jacob Gould. Jacob Gould. Bridger Hansen, did you say him? Nope. Seville. Seville also, yeah. I mean, it's a it was a grad-heavy lineup, which, you know, writing every story, I certainly realize because I have to write out graduate <laughs> student every time. Yeah, it's, it's cumbersome in a sentence. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so I think, you know, we ha- certainly have, you know, it's a deep roster. If you look at the UNH bench, it's always <laughs> – kind of comically filled Mm -hmm. um so there certainly will be guys that can step into those roles but you're never going to be happy losing you know all americans which is what they're looking at yeah and based off the guys again you haven't talked to them but just strictly based off eligibility and what their class is Bilal kamal jossam coley lot uh rory o'driscoll yannick bright who's only a sophomore um among some of the guys we can expect back pinkham Pinkham, I haven't asked him. Uh, he definitely has – I think he does have the eligibility because okay. he got a medical red shirt. Yeah. Um, him and Bennett. Him and Bennett will definitely be back. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anyone else I can say for sure. Um, one guy who got a got a handful of minutes here and there this year um, really fast. I think he's a forward, maybe a mid. Eli Goldman. Eli Goldman, yeah. Um, kind of that mid-forward yeah. hybrid role that UNH yeah, have. I'm, I'm, he's a guy I'm interested to see develop with, with more minutes. Yeah, because currently he was kind of a, a one-trick pony, if you will, of just put him on late in a game. Um, usually when the game was, you know, pretty well decided in UNH's favor is when we'd see him get on, um, and he nabbed a few goals for it um, just so fast. He can really just 
especially late in the game. If a defender has tired legs and you put that on, yeah. he will blow by you. Um, but I'd love to see that be utilized in more of a game plan sense rather than a you know put the youngster on sense. Yeah, and Dylan Maxson, I'm sure another midfielder who will see more minutes next year. Um, Johan von Niebel, grad student transfer this year. I'm um, sure he'll be gone. So, and again, I'm interested to see what kind of talent Mark Hubbard can bring in here. Because True. I, I mean, half the starting lineup yeah. was new additions this year. Yeah, so. because Paul Mayer and Vic Minuti, I don't, I think they were new in the spring. Von Nebo was new this fall. Shawunmi transferred in in the spring. Um, so I'm, I'm interested to see what kind totally of talent too. he can bring in. Yep. Yep. Um, after Alejandro Robles left, I know they have a couple keepers behind him you know, for whenever Coyot leaves. Um, but, yeah, I'm really interested to see the talent that is brought in here this offseason because Hubbard's proven at this point, you know, they're a top 10, top 15 team at worst in the country. And so they're just able to bring in more and more talent with each passing year. Yeah, feels like, you know, not a rebuild, it's a reload. So I'm very excited to see, you know, who comes in and who leaves too, I think is very, very interesting. So Oregon State. They won. They move on to face Clemson. Clemson, number eight Clemson. Clemson this Saturday, I believe it's 6 p.m. Oregon State, so 9 p.m. again Eastern yeah. time if you have any <laughs> you desire to, to tune up. into that one. And I'm sure it'll be on the Pac-12 network, so good luck yeah. finding that. <laughs> Try and find a backdoor into that stream. Yeah. Um, any any other thoughts on the team, the game? Uh, I mean, good se- it's the best season, you know, statistically, record-wise. Only two losses on the year, 17-2-2. Two two. Um still you know a bit of disappointment because your two losses are the america east championship and in the tournament so a bit of an empty feeling despite the the success um but i think the positives should be you know looked at and talked about this was a great team it was a great run um they really were a dominant force at stretches of the season so yeah it, it's frustrating that that first loss did come in that because even if you lose to vermont once this year if it had been the game midway through the year, that doesn't hurt you nearly as bad as the championship. Yeah, it's the one right before selection, yep. and that kills you because you can't make up for it. Um, so, yeah, just that little little emptiness, little sour note to end the season, which I think is unfortunate. All right, and that'll do it. Um, like I said, the big news on the day, head coach Sean McDonald with the football team announcing his retirement effective immediately. It's exactly 12 o'clock noon here on Wednesday press conference in three hours i'm sure the press conference recording this recording will be up around the same time so head to the teenage digital website i'll look for the full recording of coach mcdonald's retirement press conference and for bracket lines and cameron beal this has been the wildcats press pass